Next Chapter Podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. What's up, party people? Before we do whatever we're doing, I want to tell you guys about the new show from Next Chapter Podcast and BasketballNews.com called The Rex Chapman Show. Longtime listeners of the 500 know that the only thing I love as much as music is sports. But unfortunately, not all my guests know who Fran Tarkenton is or why the Bullets are the best team ever. Luckily, Next Chapter has a true legend on their roster, Rex Chapman, former NBA All-Star. He kills it on Twitter, too. He is the king of Twitter. I liked him when he played for the Charlotte Hornets and the Washington Bullets. He was my homeboy, my homie. So along with his co-host, Actor Josh Hopkins from Cougartown, True Detective at CSI Miami, Rex interviews his friends like Steph Curry, Shaq, and this week's guest, Michael Wilbon from ESPN's Pardon the Interruption. I love that show. Listen to the Rex Chapman Show wherever you get your podcasts or visit basketballnews.com to watch videos of the show. Now, back to the 500. The 500, the 500, J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to new. Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend, the king of peace for Angelo, talking the 500 until the end, talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500, talking the 500 until the end. Everything is everything. You're right, Lauren Hill. God, I love this. It's uh, came out in 1988. It's called The Miseducational Lauren Hill. It's number 314 out of 500 on the 500. Yo, yo, how is everybody? Uh, I've been on the road for three weeks. My vocal cords are getting back to a place where I feel good. Uh, big ups to Katie Riggs, my vocal coach. Her, her father, like, is one of the greatest vocal coaches of all time. And Katie is uh, nothing short of that. She is incredible. And the fact that I'm able to talk, uh, give her love at Katie Riggs music. Uh, Follow her. She's great. 
At DJ Morty Coyle, always give Morty a shout out. We uh, we love him. We don't get it. We see him. We're seeing him more often right now, which is great. June twelfth, June thirteenth, I will be in Los Angeles. I have taken over the comedy store, goddamn comedy jam on the twelfth. It's a Sunday. Shimmy shimmy out on a Monday. If you're in LA or the surrounding California areas, come to that. June twenty fourth and June twenty fifth, I will be in Washington D.C. at the D.C. Improv, and then June. 27th uh, very important show for me goddamn comedy jam at the 930 club it's for the 30th anniversary of the DC improv the band's coming Adam Ray's coming Jessica Curson. it is going to rule uh, get tickets at joshadammyers.com also you uh, can see me in Montreal Canadian people I'm doing the nasty show for like 10 days at just for laughs I'm doing a 500 I'm doing um, a jam there's always doing a lot of jams and by the time this comes out it'll be announced that I'm doing uh, Cancuni again in November bunch of jams bunch of shows man I'm, I'm always doing something subscribe to the Patreon so I'll ask your questions patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast five dollars or more you can ask each guest a question send us your questions I need more of them guys come on look at the list and fucking we need more all right Miseducational, Lauren. I can remember the summer this came out, being in Europe. It was, it made me such a fan of soul. I already was a fan of hip hop, I already was a fan of rock, but soul. Lauren brought that to my life. And I mean this. One of the best records of my lifetime, in my opinion, just in my opinion. I, I love this record. It was really nice to dig into it again because I've, I spent a lot of time with this record, man, a lot. And so did the guest. The guest today is Tony Baker. He came back. Uh, he, I'm basically putting him on for all of his favorite records because I love him so much. I think he's one of the funniest comics out there. Uh, it was just on HBO on uh, Marlon Wayne's produced thing where he's kind of like introducing some of these great comics like him and DC Irvin. Um, he has one of the best Instagrams. If you haven't seen it, just type in Tony Baker Quandrell, Q-U-A-N-D-R-E-L-L. It's so funny. And uh, you can also get his new comedy special, Scaredy Cat, TonyBakerComedy.com. Great review. And most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Go to JoshAdamMyers.com for all tickets and all things me. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we got a Facebook group. It's run by a crazy dude named Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Well, one of my favorite records of all time coming in at 314, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill by Lauren Hill. Let's dive into this. I because I've been thinking about this and I and I once again I apologize about yesterday for all the fans. If the episode's shorter than it's supposed to be, it's because we had to move it a day because the neighbors of mine partying to celebrate the the college graduation or whatever. And dude, they were pumping lame music and that would have bled into this. <laughs> it would have put on some Fuji's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I want to start. I want to start mm -hmm. there because just so everybody knows, Tony did Nas Ilmatic. It's one of his favorite records, but you also said it could be this, this is like one of the two. Yeah. So, so, cause if you, I feel like you're just like me when it comes to this. So did you love the Fugees? Like how did the Fugees affect you when, when you first heard them back in like 94, 95, I think that's when they started. I, I first heard of Fugees. It was a song called vocab. I remember that. And it was from their debut album that nobody remembers. Um, and as a matter of fact, the vocab song that I heard initially 
it was a video, but it was a remix. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when I went out and bought the album, I was pissed because that wasn't the version that I saw on BET. I was livid. And I didn't like it. I didn't like the album. Um, I didn't like it at all, as a matter of fact. And so I was just pissed. And I was just like, man, damn, man, I got played. Because I love I love that vocab remix. So that was my introduction yep. to the Fugees. And I was just like, yo, they dope as hell. Um, but but again, that that first album just didn't do it for me. It, there was nothing on it. It was flat. It was a flat record. Was, and and I, dude, I went through the same thing. I bought man. the thing expecting who got the vocab. Yeah. I was like, what is this shit? I think oh. it was like so. <laughs> I was pissed. I was just like, why would they do that? And then they didn't even have a remix on the album, so it, it, there was nothing I could do with that at that time. Yeah. So I just had yeah. to live in the piss, <laughs> but that was my intro to her. You know what I mean? And I didn't even put two and two together that Lauren Hill was in uh, Sister Act Two. You know, I didn't even. Yeah, I remember I, that. I didn't yeah, even it, put two and two together. It was I re, like I, I'm trying to remember if I saw Sister Act Two before I saw the Fugees. Yeah, like I, I don't. Adam, look that up when both of those came out. When this when Sister Act Two came out, but Sister Act Two came out in '94. 94 so that's when yeah. the fuji started so roughly around the same time because mm-hmm. uh yeah because i remember that movie came out in 94 it didn't do as well as the original but uh oh, honestly i like the second one better but what? it didn't do as well as the first one at the box office um probably because they stream they they lean more black in sister act two so I think the crossover audience didn't really, you know, come yeah, to the come to. They didn't want to see the black kids in the classroom. But also, I don't know if you remember, that was when Whoopi was dating Ted Danson. So there's like shit going on. Whoopi's on yeah. Howard Stern, almost making, you know, making fun yeah. of being black and stuff. It could have been a mixture of stuff. It should. It could have been that too. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that whole Ted mm-hmm. Danson fiasco. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I, yeah, but then would you say you loved her in Eddie Adam? Yeah. All right, dude. We're not talking about Eddie. We don't have an hour, bro. But 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 then then Fuji La yes. came out because yeah. I think that was everybody's first real introduction. Because you could say vocab. I, I remember yeah. vocab just like you. Right. When Fuji La came out, mm-hmm. they're running. They're they're like I don't know what they're. It was like a movie, like the video, yeah. like, like freeze frame seventy style. So like, yeah. so what were your thoughts on on Fuji's in that in that record? So, so when I first see the Fuji Live video, I'm just like, yo, they done did it again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now I'm just like, oh, you, mo- can I cuss on here? Please. I was like, oh, you motherfuckers, man. This, this, this better not be a remix that I can't get a hold of because <laughs> Fuji Live was love at first listen. It was just like, yo, this is dope. The video was dope as a play on like the Heart of They Come movies and like those black exploitation movies yeah. from the 70s. So I was just like, oh, this is perfect right here, man. I'm loving, I'm loving the visuals. I'm loving the audio. Lauren Hill's legs in the video was just mm-hmm. popping. And I was just like, yo, this, this is this is everything. So I hope, I hope, you know, <laughs> they don't play me this time. They did not. And there were I think there's remixes at the end of the album, but they they at least include because they probably got a bunch of pushback. No, well, what had happened was after the score came out, they came out with the the little EP bootlegs and remixes. So it was okay. it was a it was a little EP dedicated to the bootlegs and remixes, and that's when I was finally able to get vocab remix on uh, on a CD. 
proper. Yes. So yeah, I, I had to that. wait for the I had to wait for the score to be a smash hit before I can get that vocab remix in my collection. I mean, if that's Wyclef, he's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if that's he seems like the guy that's money hungry in the group. He's definitely not Praz. Praz no. don't know what the Lauren Hill is pure artistry, and then Praz is just you know we're trying to figure it out. But Wyclef <laughs> is the visionary in terms of the business of the music game. I don't know if you, uh, you, obviously you don't agree with what I'm about to say, but mm-hmm. I remember the Fugees came out and, and I liked, I liked Fuji a lot, but I think I got so overwhelmed by how much uh, MTV was just playing that video over mm-hmm. and over. It was like, it was like you couldn't get away from the Fugees the year that that album came out, especially yeah. after they released Killing Me Softly, uh-huh. which, which, you know, I realize it now how great that song is, how powerful that song is. But I think right. I had, I think I needed this record we're going to talk about to come out before I fell in love even more. With okay. Uh huh. Because what was that like? Because you said something about like you saw Lauren Hill's legs. It was was Lauren Hill like a sex symbol? Like, because I mean, she was hot. I always looked at her as just being this very cute small woman. Right. But I mean, to the black community. Well, 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 what it was, was like, you know, when we first saw Lauren, it was just like, okay, you know, she's cute. She's pretty. But then it was like, you know, you see her in a different light and the Fuji's because, you know, they're older. And so it was just like, wow, you know what I'm saying? And then her face on the Fuji's, the score album was just perfect. It was just like, you know, uh, just black beauty in its purest form. And we were just like, man, this, this is what we're talking about right here. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, when, and when the score came out, I bought it open in day. I remember it came out, Fuji's came out, the score came out the same day as Tupac's All Eyes On Me, same day. Wow. So I had to make a decision. It was like, yo, do I buy Tupac or do I buy the score? Knowing, you know, how the Fuji's disappointed me with that initial release, I still went with the score because, you know, I was kind of salty at Pac because, you know, I kind of chose sides in the beef. And so, um, you know, salty. I, I was all, you know, I was salty. <laughs> I chose sides. But uh, but I got the score opening day. And when I tell you, you know, immediately I was just like, now this is not a disappointment. It was it was that's one of those albums. You can just let it play. You can just yeah. let it play. And I'm glad it continued to sell it was just like nobody saw this album coming and it was just like ultimately you know it outsold Tupac which was crazy because you know Tupac had all this buzz and you know he's already four four albums deep and the beef was going so it was just free press on that tip and it was just like but ultimately you know mind you you know all eyes on me has the diamond certification but they double that so it's like, you know, if you get a diamond, if you a double album that goes diamond, technically you only sold 5 million actual copies. Yeah. Uh, to get the diamond. So they double that. But Fuji's was just a worldwide phenomenon with the score. And it was just like, that was one of those albums that deserved every copy sold. And yeah. Was, oh, I completely yeah. agree. There's, look, there's a couple tracks on it that don't hold up as much, but the ones yeah. that do, it is, right. it, I mean, it's, it really, it really showcased, you know, how good hip hop could be. That wasn't like, cause that right. was also when Gangsta was starting to really get big. And that was a record that was, it was, you know, it was in the vein of, of Tribe Called Quest where it's right. like, no, we're saying something. Right, we're yeah. Saying something that everybody can dig on. It doesn't have to be right. white, black, Mexican, whatever. You could be in gangs. You don't have to be in gangs. Right. 
but I, I, but the, and I listen because we're gonna we gotta start getting into this record because you only have right. a little bit of time. But like, dude, it was I was attracted to the two people the most, Wyclef. Mm-hmm. Because why? Because I remember when the carnival came out, oh, I man. fucking got the carnival. It'll bring your ass. I mean, the sketches are lame as fuck. I just listened right. to it last night. I was like, oh god, it's so it's so long. I'm just like, why? Why are we had had so many sketches? So many sketches, dude. There's like yeah. 34 tracks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But but the thing that made me love the Fugees, and I'm curious if this is the same thing. Was mm-hmm. Lauren? There was something special about Lauren Hill that that, yeah. that you just felt the second she sang "Killing Me Softly" or the right. hook to Fujila, whatever it was. Like, what what was that? Was that what you were attracted to too? Yeah, it was like you know, Lauren was a standout. She was the first face I saw, and it was just like, man, this is just you know, uh, Wyclef, Wyclef, you know, grew on me and surprised me actually with the Carnival. Yeah. Like the Carnival was an album I could not stop playing. I was just like, yo, I didn't expect to really like this album this much from uh, Wyclef. And I loved it. I was like, I couldn't stop playing it. And so, you know, and Lauren's on that album as well. And it was just like, every every time she shows up, she delivers. It every was time. like, they're, 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 you know, whether she's singing, rapping, whatever, everything she showed up on, she delivered. And I was just like, man, Lauren is just special. So, you know, when, when Wyclef drops his solo album, I was just like, oh man. So when you were hearing buzz about Lauren dropping her solo album, it was just like, man, I hope, you know, she lives up to what she's been presenting so far. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so and she did that. Oh my God. So oh. just so just so everybody has an idea of what happened before this record, we got a little breakdown. I could go through, let's just talk about Lauren. Born right. in 75 in Newark, New Jersey, moved to South Orange, New Jersey as a child, came from a musically oriented family. Her mom played piano. Her dad sang in, lo- in local nightclubs and at weddings. Her Some of her biggest influences, which once I say these, you're like, this, that fucking record. Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, and Marvin Gaye. She got her start by singing National Anthem before a middle school basketball game and eventually went on to Amateur Night uh, as a contestant on Showtime at the Apollo. Do you remember that? Did you like? No, I, I didn't see the uh, the the Apollo thing until after. You know, I saw it after. She yeah. sang Smokey Robinson's "Who's Loving You." Yeah. In high school, she formed a group with classmate. Uh, I'm just gonna say Proz Michael because there's no way I can say his real name. Proz, Proz Michelle. No, it's Praka Praka. I don't even know if Adam wrote that right. Praka Rizel. Oh wow! I tried my best. Yeah. Uh, they, they called Translator Crew because they wanted to rhyme in different languages. Eventually, multi-instrumentalist named Wyclef uh, Jean came along, and they performed in local showcases and at talent shows. Hill always had the singing chops, but started wanting to develop her rapping skills, studying Ice Cube to develop her flow. Uh, the Translator Crew renamed themselves to the Fugees in 94. They released that album that Tony talked about that was straight butt cheeks, blunted on reality. And then their second record, which we've talked about for the last few minutes, the score catapulted them to stardom. It peaked at number one on the Billboard chart and stayed in the top 10 for six months. Fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. The success of tracks like Killing Me Softly, Ready or Not, uh, you know, you could say it's, it's, it was never prize. You could say it's Wyclef, it's his style, or you could say it's Lauren. I'm going to say, Lauren, despite the success of the album, the Fuji started to crumble in 97 and split to work on solo projects, which is where we are right now everybody 
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You don't think, I don't think everybody realizes this. This is probably the best record made in my lifetime. In my opinion, I remembered when this was getting ready to come out. And like I said, I started to like the, I didn't like the hype of the Fugees, but yeah. they lived up to it. Right. They, the, the, the album, because I think I started smoking a lot more weed and, and I started hanging out with the right people that were playing it. And I was like, oh, right. no, no, no. This is really good. So yeah. the idea, and then then Wyclef's record came out. Yeah. And I was like, all right, dude, now I'm fucking in. <laughs> but I was, but I was ready for that Lauren Hill thing. I was yeah. ready for it. And I don't know if you remember the first track that they released. It wasn't, it was the bonus track. It's uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. Right. That was before Doo-Wop. Doo-Wop was, yeah. I think, getting ready to come out, but I remember before everything, they did Can't Takes My Eyes Off of You, and yeah. I was like... Oh. It was on the Conspiracy Theory soundtrack. Was it really? Yeah, it played at the end of the movie Conspiracy Theory with Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. That was the first what? time I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, this is a Lauryn Hill track. It's fire. So, you know, <laughs> so when the album came out, I already was familiar with that song because, uh, because I heard it on that movie. Which... So, but it's the same thing. It's like you don't know what it's gonna, what the album's gonna be. All right. I know is that I wanted more of whatever that was because that's such an iconic song, and right. to have her add like you know '90s hip hop feel into it, it, mm-hmm. it just it's it's still to this day I will never turn it off if it's on. Yeah, it's, it's that fucking good. Yeah. So, so just so we can pick it up, just and this is what I, I came to the more I've researched this record, especially this go around of what I fucking love about it mm-hmm. is that you have to understand that there's a, there's a beef between Wyclef and Lauren. Holy moly. It just keeps getting better. Let's pause this episode. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast of your own? I know I make this sound easy, but the truth is creating a successful show like the 500 takes more than just a killer idea. There's a ton of work involved behind the scenes, but luckily I've got my team and next chapter podcast behind me, making sure everything comes together. So if you've had that big idea for a podcast rattling around your head for a while now, but don't know where to start, why not make it a reality with the help of next chapter guest booking and interview recording? They got it. Post-production editing and sound design. They got it. Advertising and marketing support, they got it. Next Chapter Podcast has been producing the 500 since the drop. Because I know the owner, Jeremiah Tittle. He's, that's my home skillet. And they they do a great job. I'm not going to lie. You know, I do love Jeremiah and I trust him. So if you guys want uh, to make some podcasts, yeah. Go to ncpodcast.com slash contact and send them a message ASAP to get the ball rolling. Uh, and now back to the podcast. You know, I'm assuming you know about this, right, Tony? Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. 
So, yeah, so following the split of the Fugees, Hill's former bandmate, uh, Wyclef, blamed the split of the group on Hill's pregnancy. So I guess from everything I know is Lauren Hill starts fucking around with Rohan Marley. Marley, Mm -hmm. uh, And she becomes pregnant. Mm -hmm. And through other circumstances, I think through the breakup, because her and Wyclef dated, um, and now they break up. The, this this is kind of what has inspired Hill to make the solo record, which everybody is saying, don't do it. Don't have this kid. Yeah. Because that's going to ruin your life. It's going to mm-hmm. ruin your career. You're about to blow up. You're about to try to make a solo record. Right. And Wyclef, at the same time, I think she started to work with Wyclef and then was like, no, fuck this. Like, we're not on the same page. That caused even more beef. His tumultuous relationship with Hill and, and Jean marrying another woman while being in a relationship with Hill. Oh, shit. Okay. So he was mm. in another relationship, starts fucking around with Hill. Mm. Uh, shortly after Hill began working on the solo project, she turned down Wycliffe's offer to produce the record. Uh, and then he urged her to not start a solo career. Mm-hmm. According to her former bandmate Praz, this led to Hill's animosity towards uh, Jean after she fully support after she fully supported his solo career and featured on his album mm-hmm. uh, The Carnival. So she puts out this record. Mm-hmm. And what I don't, before I even tell you what I thought, what, what were your first thoughts when you, you put this on? Where did you buy it? Like, give me okay. all of that. So I just got to New Mexico State when it came out. I bought it opening day, first day. Go armadillos. I don't know oh, if that's another logo. Oh. <laughs> Aggies. Um, so we pile up in my little Suzuki, uh, no, my, uh, the hell kind of Suzuki Swift. You know, we pile up in that little two door. We call it make that egg. anymore, dude. Oh, no, hell no, man. That car. <laughs> we piled up, you know, we piled in there. We went to the mall and I went and bought that Lauren Hill album. So we listening to it in the car on the way back from Hastings. And, uh, you know, uh, and The Lost Ones is the first song that we hear. And it's just, you know, everybody in the car feeling it. We just like, okay, okay. And then it follows it over X Factor, and we just like, God damn. And then Zion, and it's just like, yo, back to back heat. So it was just like, man, she she already delivering on you know the expectations. You know, and here's and was, the, here's the thing. I was going to ask you this because because Lost Ones is straight hip hop, yeah. straight diss track, which we come to find out later about Wyclef, and I think probably Praz too. Uh-huh. It's it makes you almost feel like the record's gonna be all like that. Yeah. It just you don't know because you're you're this is it's it's a banger. Right. Up yep. top. A banger, mm-hmm. big middle finger to everybody. Like yep. y'all, you know, you just lost one. So you know. So yeah. so right. So so like I just getting your opinion. Did you think that or were you like I was just like, you know, what I expected from Hill yeah. was that she was gonna rap and sing because okay. I saw what she was doing. Cause, cause, cause from the very beginning, she was always singing. Like even with vocab, the vocab remix, she's singing in it, but she's rapping, but she's also harmonizing a lot. And then, you know, on the Fuji's, the score, she's doing a lot of singing. Like, you know, she did a whole, you know, Roberta Flack cover. So it was just like, okay, this is what I expect. I expect her to be singing and rapping. She's the double threat. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, I was just looking forward to, an album full of that, where okay. it's just, you know, she's taking the lead. This is her, this is her moment. And so she was giving me just what I expected. And so I was just like, hell yeah, you know. 
And then X Factor was just like, X Factor is one of the best songs ever created. And I listened to X Factor every day from the day I purchased that album for a whole semester. I listened yeah. to that song every day. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it, it, it's still amazing. Still amazing. It's, 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 it's funny that the first two songs, I'm gonna pull the track listing up. I know it by heart, but the first two songs Lost Ones and X Factor are fuck yous to Wyclef. Right. I mean, have you read the lyrics? Like, I've, I've been listening and reading the lyrics as we go because it's like I know them phonetically in my head. Right. But to see them on paper, I mean, yeah. X Factor is, it's a, it's, it is, I gotta pull, pull the lyrics up, but it's a fuck you. Yeah. Like, I love you. And it's like, but man, like you are just, I mean, she, she says reciprocity. Oh man, that was the first time I heard that word. Yeah. I was like, oh, 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 my nose bled. I was just like, what word is this? Were you already using big words back then? Because that's something I love about you is like, you are a wordsman. You're not, the George not reciprocity. <laughs> Definitely not reciprocity. I was just like, what, what, who? My nose bled. I had to pull out the, I had to pull out the, uh, the, the booklet on that. I ain't even... I didn't even Google, you know what I'm saying? I had to pull out an actual book and be like, what the hell did she just say? I mean, it's one thing I can say about this record, because my, my, I think my story about how I got it, I was excited, and I remember Can't Take My Eyes Off of You came out. Mm. Uh, and then and then doo-wop and the video of yeah. her, like, just, she looks so cute. And, yeah. like, and, and it was like, and I don't know, like I said, I don't know anything about the history of what's going on with her and Wyclef. I didn't right. even know. Well, I didn't know either. I, I don't think anybody did. Yeah. I was just like, I just knew I was excited about this. And then right. the album came out, I think, two or three days before I left for Europe. I was going to Europe for seven months. I didn't know I was going for seven months, but I knew that I was going for a while. Um, me and my buddy. And this record is the sad. When I listen to this record, it takes me back to Europe. I think yeah. of every this and Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty are like... Uh-huh. But the two records, I was just fucking pounding. Yeah. And and I mean, I, I fell in love with it. Because this is like, how could you not? I mean, right. it's got everything that you need on it. It's got, it's got hip hop. It's got mm. reggae. It's got great guitar. It's got soul. It's her voice is perfect. It's just, you know, X Factor is just, the video was amazing. It was you know, the build of the song builds and then, you know, the climax of the song is just outstanding. The background vocals, the guitar, which I'm always like, they say Carlos Santana was on Zion. I, know it I swear like up and down, that's him yeah. on X Factor. That yeah. has to be him. Yeah. It, I, hold on, let me find out who it is. That has to be Carlos Santana on that guitar on X Factor. Guitar track two, no. Guitar track 10, nope. Track four. It says track four. I know track four. It says track four. That but sounds it says, just not... like Carlos Santana. Though. It's the same sound. Yeah, it's the exact it's the same, same sound. Same, like oh, you know. All right, here it is. Johari Newton. He he got the Santana sound. <laughs> he down. got the Santana sound. Man, because it, it was just like you know, because I always th- that always haunted me. I was just like, man, that that has to be Carlos under a pseudonym because. <laughs> You know the way he had that the way he had that guitar singing at the end of that track it was just like it was it was incredible. Yeah, there's that little riff, that little like oh. 
Man, <laughs> it reminds me of you know Carlos's song "Somewhere in Heaven," and you know his guitar solo at the end of that song is just absolutely amazing. It's, so. it's it's you're not wrong, and and look up to find out who that dude is, Adam. We got to see what he looks like, just to make sure he's a real human. It's gonna be a picture of Carlos Santana, <laughs> <laughs> just like with his hair straightened. Yeah, this is gonna be like this is the guy. I'm like, all right, I see you. He goes. There's, I I mean this like it's every track on this, aside from one, there's mm-hmm. five from one, which I'm not gonna say what that is until we get to the ending. But I think this is like everything about this record. It's the sound, the um, the 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 sequencing to open with lost ones, then then bring it down to X Factor, right. then to build a star, but then this emotional song, uh, right. Design, which is about like you know having the kid, and she's literally right. like this is the thing she's not hiding any lyrics right. like what like X Factor kind of you could say it's it's about love or it's about her career and how somebody right. is, is is telling her you're not going to amount to anything you're, you you know you you're chasing this 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 uh this fame instead of making art and then right. and then zion is is about like i mean she lays it out like listen you know look at your career they said lauren mm-hmm. darlin you know baby use your head and she's like right. no i chose use my this song it's like it's heavy it's right. heavy um yeah What'd you think of doo-wop? What'd you oh, think of when doo-wop was- I loved was, it. Yeah. You, you know what I love about doo-wop is that she's speaking to both men and women in this track. You know, she's telling the fellas, hey, watch out. She's telling the ladies, hey, watch out. And so everybody's included. Everybody, nobody feels like, oh man, she taking a shot at this fellas. Or the ladies are not like, hey man, she turned her back on us. She's, she's pointing everything out and she's making great points and she's talking to men and women and i feel like that's just a brilliant space to be in and it's not it's not materialistic or it's not hypersexual it's just the perfect conversation about what to watch out for out here and it was just you know amazing and i'm just like man and the video was outstanding it was just outstanding like, man, everything was just firing on all cylinders and i was just like man god damn lauren you were just <laughs> i mean what was the reaction amongst like because like i'm not gonna lie a lot of my friends were into like rock and and, and right. the hip-hop they like they were still caught up on wu-tang yeah. you know uh, these are the white kids from the right side of dc right um, but someone like me like i i have this memory uh, being at this huge rave that I used to go to weekly in Washington, D.C. It was called Buzz. It's one of the biggest parties in the country, biggest DJs in the world, all the mm-hmm. drugs you could possibly think of. Right. Uh, and being like really fucked up. But in my head, I could just not stop singing Nothing Even Matters, yeah. which is like one of the most beautiful love songs you know, mm. of my lifetime. And it, and it feels honest. It's like, and having D'Angelo, which he's yeah. just... I mean, it's like, what was like the, the, the amongst your friends or amongst your mm-hmm. homies, like what was the reaction from this record? I'm assuming uh, incredible. Let me tell you something, man. When, when this album came out, everybody was playing it. You go yeah. to everybody's dorm room. This, this, this album was in rotation in everybody's dorm room. It, it was, it was that album. It was the one everybody was listening to. We go, we go to the women's, uh, you know, dorm room. We in there, we walk in you know, the album is playing. Nothing even matters is playing. Like, you know, and this is D'Angelo when 
this is this is prime D'Angelo. Like you know, he's white he's sexy. hot. It was just he like is man, sexy. This is, yeah, dude. <laughs> this is this is prime D'Angelo. This is before Untitled, but it was still like he's coming off of Brown Sugar, and every every appearance that he does, he, he's just killing it. So it was just like Lauren and D'Angelo together. It was just the perfect match. Like you know, and these are two artists. We wanted them to date. We wanted them to be together and be singing to each other for real, for real. Yeah, it was just a perfect storm of that type of record, and we were all in. We were just like, "Man, this is amazing." I think one of the things that I really, you know, and I mean, love about this record because it it came out, and I was obsessed, much like you and all your friends. Uh, and regardless of of whatever other music I've gotten into throughout my life, mm-hmm. I've always had a moment in the year where I put this album back on. Yeah. Um, and, and especially, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that she's never made anything since. Right. You know what I mean? I, yeah. So, cause so, so this came out in 98, I, mm. I, I pumped it. And then when they were talking about her doing an unplug and I was so excited, dude, I was fucking jazzed and i remember i bought it immediately Mm. and that day i had to go work at this crab house in baltimore called crabby dicks it was was, (laughs) owned by these two gay dudes they eventually fired me because i stole some cream of crab soup um you still in soup because I, I was, I was, I, I took it. And then I was like, the, the cook, the kitchen dude was like, you're going to pay for that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to pay for it, dude. I'm just on my break. I'm going to eat it. And then I'll go ring it in when I clock back in Yeah, because I didn't uh, ring it in immediately. He told right. John, the owner oh, and, wow. were, and John and Dale were just, they were crazy. And they fired me on the spot. Wow. Man. I needed that job too, man, man, the soup, the soup, dude. But they, it was soup it, Nazis, man. Look, dude, obviously it worked out for me because I'm doing a podcast about Lauren Hill years later. So fuck right. them. They're in Rehoboth Beach right now. Was the soup good? Adam, it was incredible. If you're asking Cause, me. Because <laughs> if you, you know, if you would have stayed at that place, you would have never pursued stand up and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have led into anything. You'd Who knows? Like, you'd have went out, you'd have climbed the corporate ladder at the place and then you, you'd still be there now. <laughs> yes, I'd be in Rehoboth. Yeah. I don't want to be in Rehoboth. But I, I got, I got that, that, that unplugged and I went to the crab house to work and I remember we used to have to peel potatoes Yeah. And I put it on and I was like, yo dude, it's that new Lauren Hill. And I just remember the guy that was peeling potatoes with me was like, dude, this is depressing the fuck yeah. out of me, dude. Right. It's, I mean, it's the sound of a woman having a breakdown. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, you know, and I think what has really made this album that much more special and, and such, you know, where I really, I'm, cause this is, this is such a great record and to know that she's never done anything since. Right. Like it just makes this so much sweeter because she, dude, she did everything in this record, Tony. Right. Wrote every song. Yeah. Uh, when they when they they try to throw new producers on her or try to help her, and she's like, no, 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 I got this. She's right. written every song. She produced the mm. entire record. Right. And it's just, I think it's like, I think that makes it feel heavier or more yeah. important because of what she's done since, which is nothing. Right. It's like, it's almost like, you know, uh, it's it's like, you know, it feels like, 
she passed away. You know, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to say, you know, anything ill like that, but it's like that that's the kind of mystique the album has is because she hasn't done another proper album since. So it's just like, you know, it's just like Biggie dropping life, life after death or like, you know, these albums that were dropped by these artists that were gone too soon. It's just, it makes the album even heavier. And like, you know, it means, and it was very personal and every track felt like nothing felt like filler here. And it was just like pure artistry. And it was just like, man, you know, and how do you top that? Like there's, there's almost no way to top something like this. So it's just like the pressure of, oh man, you gotta, you gotta come. Cause it was like, she was winning Grammys. She, she, she was breaking records on the Grammys and like, you know, she went gold first week. So it was just like, that too can play into it. Like, man, how do I even top this? Especially when it's an album that came from such a personal place. And then the unplugged felt like more of those feelings, but it didn't feel like a proper new album. No, it wasn't. It was, I mean, there's, look, there's, I think there's, it's a, it was a double disc. And mm-hmm. I, I remember, it. so did I. I'm <laughs> joking to the crowd. I out. didn't sit with it though. I was like, all right. And then I was out of there. I might've, I might've listened to it for, you know, I mean, a week. Yeah. And then, and then it's just, but it's just not, it's not this. And this is what I think everybody right. wanted. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's, dude, I mean, look at this. I'm just looking at the stats of this record. All right, mm-hmm. so just so everybody knows, the album is named after the Miseducation of the Negro, a book by Professor Carter G. Woodson, an American black history expert. The album, which is written and arranged all by Hill, was about the ed- education one receives after leaving school and the life uh, learning process. Uh, it sold over four th- uh, 420,000 albums in its first week, breaking the record for most first week sales by a female artist. The album received 11 Grammy nominations, making it the first hip hop record to receive that many. It mm-hmm. won five, making Hill the first female artist to win that many. Uh, two of those included album of the year and best new artists, which are like, you know, the two big ones that you can, you can win. Right especially album of the year. And I mean, Adam, look up what else was, uh, was nominated against it. Because if, I mean, if this wouldn't have won, I mean, that would have like, right. Like, what are you talking about? The Grammys got it right. That you No, they really did. They really did. Uh, I mean, I think this is kind of why now listening to it, it brings so much emotion to me because I texted you because we were getting ready to do this, that I was at the gym I was at the the New York Sports Club on 23rd Street 
and you know, I mean, there's just all these like testosterone dudes around right. you, and and I'm listening to "Forgive Me, Father." Yeah, which because this is the thing, I could sit here and say, uh, you know, I gotta look at the track listing before I even talk about this. I could say uh, every because, dude, it's like I'm trying to pick out my favorite song. I don't want you to tell me <laughs> yours yet. We're gonna ask that. At the okay, end. but it's like, dude, it's gone through so many layers where it's like yeah. at first it was "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You," then mm. it became uh, "Nothing Even Matters," then now, right now, it's like I'm like, fuck, everything is everything is like one yeah. of the best songs. Oh, and that I, video I is crazy. It's crazy. And then the miseducation of Lauren Hill, which is just like, like I was, I, there's, sorry. So I'm, I'm fucking running. I'm super, I have so much I want to talk about. So I text, I text Tony, everybody. I'm listening to forgive me father. Mm-hmm. And that part where she's like talking about the backstabbers. She's like, like, like Cain and Abel, yeah. Caesar and Brutus, Jesus and Judas. Right. And I, I just started tearing up. Right. Cause I, cause this is why I think I love this record and why it's even more important to me now mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. But one, it's the story of it. It's the fact that nobody was telling her to make this record. People said, don't have the kid. Right. You know, the Fugees, both of them, Praz and Wyclef are both like, you know, you'll never, whatever, dude, you're not going to be anything without us. You know, we made you whatever. Allegedly, um, that's what they said. Allegedly, yes. Allegedly. I have, I have no, but, but judging by the the song, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been. I, I, I just didn't want to throw prize in there. Maybe he wasn't. Man, fuck prize, dude. I'm still waiting prize. on a solo record. Where well, he is put, it? He put one out. Well, we're Get not talking superstar. about it. He dude, had a, I, yes, okay. He had okay. his song ODB and Maya. Yeah, but if if Maya doesn't fucking sing that hook. Then, I mean, you then know. That, that song ain't shit without Maya. Maya was sexy. Dude, Maya was sexy. It was. Have you seen her lately? Pull her up, Adam. Pull up Maya. Go, go to her Maya. Instagram page. She looks she got incredible. A, she got OnlyFans? I'll sign up for that shit. She looks, she's like super, <laughs> she's super vegan. She looks amazing. Really? Oh, I absolutely. Go. Absolutely. I think I gotta go. Well, you, you weren't vegan by the time. You were still eating meat back then when this record came out. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah, it was meat McGee. You're, you're like the barbecue, like, look, yeah. Six of ribs. I was oh, eating McClintock when this came out. I was eating everything, man. I went to Jack in the Box after I bought this album. <laughs> got the worst food in the fucking world. Man, got a jumbo jack. <laughs> But there's, I think what it, what really is, has moved me, because dude, after I left the gym, I came here and to my apartment, let me see her. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, she's gorgeous. I'm telling you, she she hasn't missed a beat. Time has been on her side for sure. She looks incredible. I always get worried that when people share their screen and you see the tabs up top, there's gonna be like, you know, Bukaki explosion. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah like Adam always like, uh, make sure you close that shit out, dude, before you yeah. show your screen. I ain't showing you mine, dude. This it's it is it is bad. Um well, tabs right now I have a D'Angelo before and I had an after one, but I lost that one. No, D'Angelo know. went through a bunch of moments where he was he was first record, he just looks like a normal dude. Second record, Drop Dead Gorgeous. I mean, that video propelled him to be this. I mean, he became a sex symbol. And then he got, yeah, that's it's the D'Angelo. That's the good D'Angelo. But then it became Fat D'Angelo and Recluse D'Angelo. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, but, but, you know, when he did drop that album, finally, it was a good one. 
Yo, it was great. Black yeah. Messiah. Yeah, that was a good I, album. I, I love D'Angelo. We did, we did. It's funny that we're, we're doing this. We've done the score. Uh, I did that with Andrew Santino on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did D'Angelo, um, that second record. I can't think of the title. Voodoo. Did, I did Voodoo with Michael Rappaport. Oh, wow. And, and what was funny was like, I remember we had like some real hip hop shit coming up. And I was like, you want to yeah. do one of those? He goes, no, 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 no. I'll do D'Angelo. Yeah. Because it's, it, there's, I, I, one, one thing is, is that I love, I love the sound of Neo Soul. I think Neo mm-hmm. Soul in the 90s when it started coming back. And I love the hip hop that was all from that collective. I love yeah. Common. I love Most Dev. I think Black Star, I'm surprised oh, yeah. that Black Star isn't on this because it's, it damn sure needs to be. It damn sure needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the funny thing about Chappelle getting, which is nothing funny about a comic getting attacked on stage, mm-hmm. but how everybody that was side stage, uh, like beat up the dude yeah so i can imagine like the dude who got beat up talking to the cop and he's like and there i was getting choked by erica badu's head wrap <laughs> <laughs> the soul aquarium beat back <laughs> yeah I got, I got, most deaf is, is just kicking is just curb yeah. stopping me to live quality is working on my side oh man. man i was like oh shit black stars back together the collective man but they're making this great music i think what like I go home I, after crying at the gym, tearing up, and then mm-hmm. I put the record on by myself, and I just, I lost it. Like, the second half of that record, man, you know, when it hurts so bad, oh, I man. used to love him. Forgive me, Father. Every ghetto, every city needs to be cut from this record. If you cut every ghetto, every city, this is a perfect record. I skipped that song. I've tried. I've tried to listen to it. But every time I fucking listen to it, I'm just like, oh, God. It's like, sitting on the corner stoop. Oh, my cousin's <laughs> taking a poop. I'm just like, all right, no. no. It, is, it is the weakest track on the album. But, it, but it's still solid. But, it, but if they lost it, you know, it wouldn't. You know, but, but, but for an album to be 16 tracks deep and to have one blemish. Exactly. You, you know, it's incredible it's it is incredible look dude i'm saying i just said i opened this whole thing by saying this is one of the most this is one of the best albums of my lifetime and i think two reasons why like what i'm trying to get to is why this album means so much it's knowing that we got this one thing from lauren Mm -hmm. everybody like i said treated her ex and she was like no i'm gonna do why i'm gonna do my thing right Uh, it's the most one of the most personal records Mm -hmm. uh, without hiding it and and it's just like it's just so powerful because of what she never did anything after this. I also think one of the reasons I love this record so much is because, especially post losing Ange, is because a lot of this is like he. I loved him. He was one of my best friends. Some of the songs they don't have to be about lovers. They can be about your kids. They can be about this, and it just hits differently. Right. And I got to ask you this. It's like listening to it now, like mm-hmm. we've gone through what you've gone through, what we right. both have gone through. Like, I mean, does it hit differently to the track? Those are tracks that stick out that didn't stick out before. Um, no, I can't say, I can't say that it has, um, you know, probably when it hurts so bad, it hits a little different now. Um, that's probably the main track that does hit me differently. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, I've always had a real deep emotional connection with this album, uh, for a long time because, you know, you know, even with, um, cause, because like, you know, when this album came out, 
you know, I was just dating, you know, the mother of my children then. Yeah. Like we had just got together then. So it was just like, you know, the, the album always resonated with us. So, you know, I was always had that personal attachment to the album in my own personal life, love life, breakups, all that, you know, new children, everything, everything coincided with my life too. So it was just like, you know, I always felt that album on that level. So it's always been very personal and like a time capsule of, you know, what I was going through, what, you know, what I was living through and everything. So it's just, it's always been a companion piece to my life. That's why this album is in my holy trinity of, yeah, what, uh, are they? what are they? It's, it's Illmatic, it's Enter the Wu-Tang 36 and uh, the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. That's my, that's my holy trinity, right? Let me that's tell you what something. I'm getting on the spaceship with. Let me, let me tell you something. If Tom Segura doesn't say he's going to do Enter the 36, that would have been yours. Oh, I, I, I love you so much that I was like, you, do, you can look at the rest of the list and be like, pick whatever. If there's yeah. something that are out of the trinity, they're yours, dude. Yeah. They're yours. That's, that's my trinity right there, those three albums. So, you know. Um, Rank them, though. Rank them right now. It's probably in that order. It's probably... In the 36 miseducation. You know, trying to think about this is definitely in my top 10, 100 percent I I don't, you know, I don't I don't know where it falls. I don't think it's my favorite album all time. Right now it is. Like right now, this mm-hmm. is like I don't want to move on from this record. I want to keep listening to it. it yeah. There's I don't there's I don't know many records that satisfy, like, how do I put this? Like there's I know music so well and I feel music on such a deep level that if I listen to a song and there's like a bridge that doesn't go to this note that I want to hear listening to like the rest of it. And it's just like, I'm like, just, just do that. And if you did that, this would be a perfect song. Play the chorus one more time. Like just do it. We need it. Right. Everything about this record satisfies me to where I don't think she could have done anything different besides right. cut every ghetto every city <laughs> it's so bad dude. yeah yeah like chunky monkey ben and jerry's all them kids over there are scary <laughs> sitting in new jerusalem i'm like all right yeah. i just because you know what's funny i didn't like uh what was the one with come on baby light my fine i didn't like that for a while and now like i fucking love that song oh that song is fire man fire everything you drop is so tired yeah see now it's supposed to inspire but it's because tony it's because <laughs> man, that song is man come on man i know well, you, you know look i'm telling you you gotta grow sometimes and i grew <laughs> but that's that's the thing i dude i'm telling you it's like knowing what knowing that this is all we've gotten from her and probably we're all we're ever going to get from her, right it, it's like it, it's so sad because well is it sad? Is it sad that this is all we got, this great record? Or, or like, what do no. you think? Even though it's not sad, but it's like, it's frustrating because I feel like Lauren was on pace. To, she could have been the biggest music artist in the world. Yeah. Ever to exist. Had she had, you know, kept going on this plane because she was able to transcend you know, she was she was headed towards that Bob Marley type status where everybody's all in on this. It was like she was the perfect representation of, you know, uh, of blackness and, and, and womanhood and femininity and like, you know, emotion and 
and visual and like everything was just, it was the perfect storm of just like humanity in her with this music. And it was just like, man, you know, it was, it was crazy. And it was just like, yo, we, we've been needing this. We've been yeah, needing yeah. this. Cause she, you know, she's talking and all the lyrics, you know, it, it felt very personal, no cookie cutter, you know, the label head wanted me to write this song about this. And it was just like, those, those lyrics were, were, she sat in those lyrics and like, you know, it, it was from the soul and it was just like, man, we feeling it. And it was just, you know, and she still had that with the unplug, but it was just, the she didn't have the production behind it or whatever. But, you know, she had the potential to just be, and we need her now more than ever. It's just like, man, come on. Like that, that little sample she gave us on that Nas album, King's Disease 2, I gotta listen to that. Everybody's talking like, about man, it. I, you, 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 come on back, Lauren. Just, just come on back real quick. <laughs> Give us something, you know, because it's like you know everybody's on the materialistic, they're on the hypersexual, or they're on just um, you know just talking shit, and it's just like there's no heft unless you go underground, like you know outside of Rhapsody, and you know underground art. But she's underground too. It's just like the mainstream female rappers right now, not not to you know, pinpoint, you know, the males are doing it too, but we have that balance of, you know, it's a lot of male rappers out here ain't talking about shit and they selling, they streaming like crazy, but at least we have Kendrick and J. Cole who yeah. have content with the sales to back it up. I want that from a woman as well when it comes to, you know, rap and like hip hop and like, you know, outside, I need that to carry over to the sales so we don't have to go underground to find Rhapsody or Saw Rock or, you know, these these other artists that are just relegated to the underground when they should be on every radio station pump just like everybody else. You know yeah, I mean? you know, it's funny that you say that because she held the the record for a female artist. Uh, and, and Adam, double check my math or somebody's gonna get mad, but I remember reading it, that it, it hadn't been broken until Cardi B. Right. And yeah, I mean, Cardi B won't be remembered. That record won't be, Bobak Yellow is not gonna be remembered 10 years from now. We're not gonna be talking about Bobak Yellow the way that, that critics, I mean, dude, this is like a critical, Darling, even oh, yeah. Richard Gusto or the what's his name, Adam, the dude that we always talk about, Robert Cristal. Robert Cristal. He's like he's he, he said it was brilliant. This guy yeah. hates on everything. He's terrible. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but this is like there, there's something like I we we talk about the word perfect and and mm. even even you know this is just my opinion. I, like I said, even that that with that one track on it, it's so good. It's so perfect. It's so mm. like. Cardi B's not, maybe, maybe they're like these artists now, they're kind of telling women, you know, you got to be sexy and get your money and get your shit right. right. Lauren was saying it like, believe in yourself, like love yourself. They're, they're saying the same things, but it's laid out like poetry, yeah. you know? And here, here's the difference. Like if you listen to rap lyrics now, they're talking about get your money, we're buying this. It's materialistic. You know, yeah, at the core of it, you got, hey man, you're telling people to get theirs and stuff like that. But the visual and the presentation is all materialistic. Lauren Hill was touching souls from from any level that you were sitting at, whether you broke in college, whether you you dropped out of school. The presentation was, you know, artistic and, and visual. Like when she's singing X Factor, it's just like she can be any woman on the street. You know, when she's when she's coming at you with doo wop, 
she's giving you an old timey visual aesthetic of like the doo-wop singers of back in the day. So it's just like, yo, you can relate to the nostalgia of it while she's talking to you in the now. Like, you know, she's not counting money. She's not holding the money stack up to her head. She's not at the strip club making it rain. It's just like, she's hitting you on a level where you're just on a train going to a job you hate. You're walking to class. Whatever you're doing, it connected to you personally. And I'm like, we need that on the mainstream out yeah. there level. We yeah. shouldn't have to dig in the crates or like, you know, I never even heard of this artist right here because they're not being pushed forward like a Cardi B. And like, you no know, disrespect to Cardi B because I actually like Cardi B as a person and as a human being, like she's herself. But I just feel like there's an imbalance of what we're pushing out there. Um, to the masses. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. And so, do you listen? Do you listen to new? I mean, you mentioned some of the bigger artists, but like, who would you think is taking the torch? Of, of Lauren Hill. Do you even know or do you listen to enough to know? I feel like in the vein of Lauren Hill is Kendrick, is J. Cole, is is Rhapsody, you know? Yeah. Like Rhapsody is, is, she's still underground. She's like one of my favorite rappers out, male or female right now. And the, 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 the albums that she's put out and the music that she creates and puts out there is just like, is criminally just overlooked. And it's just like, man, come on, like, you know, it's like good, good bodies of work, not just like a song that's hot on TikTok or a song that's just hot. Yeah, She's making good bodies of work in the vein of like Lauryn Hill. So it's just like a thought out project with a, with a theme and like content all throughout. It's just like, that's the kind of shit that resonates on the Lauryn Hill level. Yeah. And that's what we're missing on a, on a mainstream level. We need that. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't think there is anybody that is doing what she does because you know she has one of the best voices i could i can it's like there's moments where she hits these little runs and everything is everything that i just right. get choked up because it's so beautiful yeah. but not only is she singing incredibly right her lyrics as an as a as a as, as an as a rapper are mm -hmm. like holy she shit. is barred up like man. you know this rapper slash actress more powerful than two cleopatras like, she is I, barred up she, it's 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 equally i can't even say that the rapping doesn't hold a, cl a claim to or fire to the way she's singing right both of them are yeah. like are just yeah. right here yeah i don't think anybody's doing what she did and i know what you're saying about kendrick and about the message and, and being able to still stay in the old and make make the old new and make it great and right have, but it's like but i don't think there is anybody that's why i think this record moved from what what number is it now adam on the on what we're doing so it moved up all the way to number. Well, no, what was the original? What was the one that we're doing right now? Uh, today it is three fourteen. And on the twenty twenty list, which which they they did which after is the, the more accurate list, but keep going. It's it's yeah. It's it's 
it's more accurate, man. That old list was mad white, and you know it. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. But they, they, I think. Look, dude, for Sergeant Pepper to go from number one to number twenty-five is, is accurate. Every Drake album needs to be on. Oh no, absolutely not. Then it's not accurate. Wait, is they it? had every Drake album on there. Every Drake. No, they did record. not. Yes, if not all of them, but five of them. No, there's no dude, way. Dude, there's no way there's five Drake albums on Check this the, list. Adam, this is what Adam's here. Adam, cue it up, man. There's no way. But because, dude, you're both of your two favorite records went from I think Nozomatic went from like whatever the fuck number it was to like number forty, yeah. which is I'm not saying it shouldn't be right. But but this there's an argument. There's an argument that it, that it should or it shouldn't. With this record moving all the way to number ten, okay, I'm, I am so I like okay that. with that. It's like not. It. It's not even funny. I, I think. I think this record uh, will be remembered and talked about. And that's the thing is that I hope that you know, and seeing that list and seeing her move up to number ten, then I'm kind of yeah. like, okay, maybe maybe this will be in the in the you know and when you're talking about the history of music this right. is an important record not just for me not just for you and mm. other people that fuck with it um but it deserves all the it's it's like dude you can't say it didn't deserve to win anything it won oh, it deserved yeah. everything it is it's an amazing masterpiece from the album cover to the videos to the lyrics to the production it is just an incredible piece of work incredible and, all right and it, it still holds up. So, all right. So, I know we got to get you out of here. So, I got before we do our rapid fire questions, we got to do a Patreon question. Roger Downs uh, wants to know: Do you think Lauren and this album's legacy would would be even bigger if not for her erratic behavior? I feel like her erratic behavior doesn't hurt the album. Like yeah. I said, like I was saying earlier, it's like she she put out she put out a perfect masterpiece and disappeared. You know, so the Lauren that we have now, even though this is the same woman, it's, it's just, it, it just feels like there's a disconnect there. So it's just like, man. So it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't affect the legacy of, you know, the miseducation of Lauren Hill, you know. So I wouldn't go that far as to say it, it doesn't ruin anything. I think it's sad. I think it's, I look, I, I, I think the album, the <laughs> album speaks for itself 100%. Right. Two uh, Drake albums, Josh. Okay. Two. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm the because I was I mean, ain't no way to have five Drake albums on there. Okay. <laughs> my bad, dude. <laughs> I was I'm talking, I'm talking on, out of my ass 90% of the time, dude. I'm, I'm but just, you know, I'm, you know they have 90 Beatles albums on every list Rolling Stone ever done. We don't get, dude. I say this to everybody. Like the artists like Elvis Presley. And 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 fucking and even you throw Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, and the Beatles. Unless you lived during those eras, you don't get. You're like I don't get it. Like I mean, you yeah. get Michael Jackson, but unless you were remember, do we we own the making of Thriller? Yeah. Everybody owned that. That was as big as the actual fucking music video. The behind yeah. the seat. He was that big. The beat. We'll never understand Tony how big Elvis Presley was. Or how big the Beatles were because we. I'm weren't. not mad. I'm not mad at like. Well, I don't. I don't know what particular Elvis Presley album was the one that stood out, but I'm not mad at the Beatles because the Beatles to me should be on on these lists because yeah. you know their music is just what they were able to do in a short time window as a group. Yeah, it's just second to none. But it's just like all right, man. But 
tracks can be skipped you know some of the some of the stuff just don't you know they weren't that strong vocally so it was just like all right they're they're some of the best to ever do it but they're not the best to ever do it i think it's one of the things that makes me love this album even more and it's sad because this album and the success of this record is what made her have that erratic behavior yeah whether it's the pressure of having to make another one or it's just all those people like saying you're great. And, and, you know, I don't know her childhood. I don't know what she's been through, but you know, I know this record and I know she feels differently than you and me. And she, and she knows how to, you know, uh, you know, it's, I couldn't imagine going, having everybody like saying like, like Radiohead put out okay computer. And there's a, there's a concert video about how they handled people saying they made one of the best records of all time. And it's mm-hmm. like, they sh- you pull away from that. And right. some people just, you know, just can't handle it. And I That's think a lot. That, Imagine a lot. the onslaught of you breaking off from a group that was con- incredibly successful. And then you go solo and have this huge impact and run and Grammys and you breaking records. And it's just like, so you got all these people tugging at you. It's just an onslaught of attention and people just wanting something. And, all the while, she's still also becoming a mom of multiple children. So you got motherhood, breakup, pressure, success, attention. So that's just like, we're not meant to handle all that as human no. beings. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, you know, musicians are incredibly, artists in general are incredibly sensitive. That's what makes us, you know, artists, you know, yeah. until we just become, so... You know, that's a that's a lot to contend with, especially when you weren't in the game. Like, you know, even Michael Jackson crumbled, but he was it, he was groomed since he was a baby to withstand some of the pressures of, you know, superstardom and, and showbiz. And even that fucked him up. But it was just like he was able to hang in there and still, you know, put out new music. But yeah. you, got, you got to be a special breed to handle to yeah. weather that kind of storm. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean... Lauren, I hate to say Lauren won in the in the Fuji's putting out solos or what you know, yes, Wyclef still is around and probably still puts right. on shows, but no one gives a fuck about like we love the carnival, but the carnival isn't something that is gonna be talked about years from now. Prize, get a superstar was it was if it's not for that Maya hook, it ain't shit. But the carnival, Ford, the carnival is incredible. Wow. I love the carnival. And I, I, I feel it. like if you compare it to the miseducation, fine, but like on its own merit, the, the carnival is a is a amazing piece of work. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I love that record. And he's a great, he's a talented musician. Like Very he's multi talented talented as well. Gone to November, great song. I can yeah. name with Armageddon. There's like even the a licky 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 here, like a show they got back. Said so asking yeah. for a dance. Hold on, there's too many in the wolf back. I, yeah. I know that whole album. All right. Wyclef. Wyclef. What happened to Proz, though? You know, besides Get Proz Super- alone, man. You besides Ghetto Superstar, name a Proz song. I didn't I didn't like I didn't like the album. When his album dropped, I was excited because it was Proz and the Fuji's were two and oh on the solo tip. I bought Proz opening day. And I was like, God damn it, this sucks. And you know, I've been pissed ever since. But you know, I respect what his contributions to the score and to you know the 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 features and stuff like that. So I don't want to, but you know, I mean, yeah. we are, it's obvious. It's obvious. Um, all right, I ask every guest uh, these questions. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear your answers. I'm going to answer them along with you. Okay. Um, 
But thank you for doing this, man, because mm-hmm. I feel like I chased you down. You are a hard man to get in touch with, dude. I'm not going to lie. All right. Favorite song on the record? Favorite song on the record, X Factor. X Factor. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's Tell Him. Okay. I, I, God damn, dude. I could, I could tell you, Miseducational Lauren Hill, Tell Him. Everything is everything I can't stop listening to. And yeah. forgive me, fa- forgive them, father, oh, is I slept on that fucking song. Those little bridges that bounce. Yeah. And gain and able. Oh, that got me. You had a gym. At yeah. a gym. All right. Crying. Yeah. Crying. <laughs> I cry a lot. I cry a lot. I right. this shit. Me too. <laughs> but you have more grace. I don't have I, I'm a I be crying. I was crying <laughs> in the gym today, man. But I like crying in the gym because I can hide it in the sweat. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I'm curious to hear yours. Okay. I'm not even going to call it Lee's favorite song on the record, but what song would you do you skip over? I'm gonna go with the same one you did, uh, "Every Ghetto, Every City," because yes. I don't I don't like the way it sounds when it first start. That I'll be like, skip. Hunky chunky doodly doo, coming on my grandma's shoe. I respect the song, and it's a good song, but that's that's the weakest link in the in the in the in the mix up. Easy. There, there is there. there I, I don't skip over anything, even yeah. the interludes. Like you, you skip over the white. I love the interludes with the kids and the love. teacher, and I love the instrumentation on one of them in particular i love that uh instrumental that they're playing in the background i'm like man i want to hear a song to this that wasn't even in a in a classroom that was uh just in lauren hill's house in new jersey i i forget it was like some some like philosopher or like somebody like a sociologist or something was just talking to these kids about love and that's how you do interludes. Even better. Even better. Even better. All right. Now I'm curious to hear this because I feel like you might have already done it to this record. Mm-hmm. What song or what songs on this record have you fucked to? Shoot. Um, would you? Shoot. One of the one of the Baker Boys might have been conceived to this album. Um <laughs> I definitely smashed while this album was playing, but I'm not sure which song was on. Um because some of these songs I have you feeling bad for smashing to, but the one the one that's, that's most smashable to is probably nothing even matters. Cause that's that's like the the oh, sexiest yeah. song on the album, I would say, because it's a lot of pain in the other tracks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't it's, be smashing the X Factor and it hurts so bad. And like, you, you know, can. it you sounds getting, like it. You could be getting it in the final hour and like, you know, uh <laughs> when it hurts so bad, you can you can say yeah. you can smash that. I used to love him. You can smash to that. Even you, you can know, smash the do what that thing. I think you can smash to almost everything on this record. You might just even start it with like lost ones, and then just fucking go, dude. It's so silly. How can <laughs> I, you know, definitely um, smash smash worthy tracks on here, but um. But you have to pick yeah. one now. You have to pick one now. I'm gonna pick one. I'm gonna pick the one with D'Angelo, man. We smash okay, cool. into nothing even matters. Hundred percent. I agree with yeah. that. I agree with that. Uh, matters, but I, I even, I'd even smash to tell him because that's just you know, I'd be like, tell me. But it'd be hard to smash to uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. I mean, that's. That's like that's the song that just deep in my heart. It's just so you know. 
that's an emotional track right there. I, I think that's, I think that out of everything that's on this record, it's like, it's probably the most personal. I mean, that's literally her bearing her soul. Yes. And, it, and it, it's, I mean, this, this record, man, it's like, uh, it's, it's a it's long made, album and it's perfect. I don't want it. To, I, I want more. I want more. This, this is 16 tracks, 69 minutes and 20 seconds. If you yeah. take off the weak link, we got 15 tracks of pure unskippability. I wonder if there's people that are like, oh my God, man, how can you guys hate every ghetto, every city? I don't, I don't hate it. I don't I hate do. it. I do. It's just, you know, it's just that that track though. Uh, dude, I, I love you, man. I know we got to get you out of here. So promote away anything you want to promote. Uh, check out my podcast, Daddy Issues. Uh, my co-hosts are Keon Poli, DC Irvin, Chaz Rogers, and Craig Wayans. We drop new episodes every Thursday. Uh, so tune into those. Uh, check out my solo podcast, Verbal Cardio. Uh, I drop new episodes every Wednesday on all platforms. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube, Tony Baker Comedy. Um, check out my comedy tour dates. I'm not sure when you're dropping this episode. It comes out Wednesday. Oh, okay, so you can catch me in Richmond, Virginia, June 16th through the 18th. And I'll be in Baltimore, in your neck of the woods, kind of sort nice. of, uh, July 7th through the 9th. Uh, but also, I'll be uh, in several different cities. I'm doing a one-nighter in Boston, so if you're in that area, just check out my tour schedule. And, uh, sure, I think that's it, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Dude, I, I've said it a million times. You're one of my favorite comics. I mean that. You're one of the few comics that brings tears to my eyes almost every time I watch you. But you be but crying I, a lot, so it don't I do. I do. But it's <laughs> not watching comedy. I'm not going to lie. It takes a lot. But also, I look up to you, man. It's like I said, you, you've handled everything, your whole career with grace and everything you've been through. And, and, and I, I can't, you know, you are a positive uh, image for people to look at and how to do this job and do it proper and say what you want to say and how to present yourself. And so, I mean that, man, you're, you're, fucking, you, man. You're, one of the, you're one of the good ones in this business. Thank you, bro, man. Love you, man. You I love know, you I'm too. always the jam. <laughs> well, do the goddamn comedy jam June 12th. Are you going to be in town at the comedy store? I'm putting you on the spot. because June 12th, I've been trying to sit my ass down <laughs> because I'm, I'm overwhelmed with stuff. Yeah. Uh, emotionally as well as occupationally, so I've been trying. I've been trying to say no to everything. Okay, good. As much I, as I'll, I can, anyway. But I, I'll do it later on down the line for sure. I'll take that for All sure, right. dude. You rule. Thank you, brother. Thank you, bro. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Tony Baker. Follow him on Twitter at Tony Baker Comedy on Instagram at Tony Baker. Trust me, follow him. Uh, Patreon.com slash Tony Baker Comedy support all things. Tony and his website TonyBakerComedy.com and check his new special that he also produced called Tony Baker and Friends. Uh, we just listened to Lauren Hill from 1998. What do we got? Rhapsody from Snow Hill, North Carolina. Uh, the two-time Grammy nominee said Lauren Hill spoke to her. So this, she's a banger. This is her brand new single, Dusted Diamonds, but uh, you go to the website 500podcast.com to find out more. And, uh, yeah, we want your music. Guys, next week, Nirvana. It's Nirvana week. Nirvana na 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 na. We're doing the Unplugged from 94. Dig into it. Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Next Chapter Podcasts.